This is Open to Hope Radio, featuring Dr. Gloria Horsley and her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley, coming to you on behalf of the Open to Hope Foundation, dedicated to those who are looking for hope after loss. Now, here's Dr. Gloria. Welcome to Grief Relief. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my co-host. Dr. Heidi Horsley. Hi, Heidi. Hi, Mom. Uh, coming from New York, and I'm in San Francisco, and uh, we're going to have to ask our guest where she's from. I'm not sure you'll ask. Heidi, introduce her, and then we'll ask her where she's from. Okay, Mom. Um, we are going to talk today about parent loss. The topic is called Parent Loss, What I Learned, and our guest today is Nina Impala. Nina has both professional and personal experience with bereavement as she has lost both her parents and recruits and trains hospice volunteers. Nina is a spiritual grief counselor who gives people tools to cope through a process of using heart sight. She is the author of the book, Dearly Departed, What I Learned About Living from the Dying. Welcome to the show, Nina. Hi, thank you for having me. Glad to be here. Where, where are you calling in from today? Temecula, California, which is about uh, 45 minutes north of San Diego. Oh. Okay, very good. I love your book, and it's so interesting because you have some really compelling stories in here about dealing with hospice and how people have dealt with it and the dying process, wonderful ideas on it. But today, uh, and I would suggest that anybody who has somebody going through hospice, it, it is an important read, actually. Um what we want to focus on today, though, is the loss of your parents. And one of the things that you say in your book is that I had no idea of the impact a parent death can have on an adult child, especially when there is an unbelievable amount of unfinished business. When I think back, way back before teenage years, my dad was a kind of tortured. Oh, well, that goes on about your dad. But the impact of uh, I think this is important. One of the things that I was very interested in reading your book is this unfinished business thing because, you know, people say, well, hospice is great. I had time to resolve all these things. And, you know, but what about the people who haven't resolved those relationships and do have tortured relationships with your parents and then they die? Right, exactly. And it stays with them the rest of their life. And so in what my book taught a lot for me, Gloria, was when I was watching all these families and seeing all the dynamics that was going on. And I had to kind of, you know, in hospice, you're an observer. There's no, especially when you're volunteering, there's no counseling. And I did a lot of volunteering. I did bereavement as well as um, training volunteer coordinators. But most of my book was written while I was doing a lot of volunteering and just really taking notes at what I was seeing and how people are not able to communicate their feelings from stuff that maybe happened 15, 20 years ago, and the patterns start in the relationships, and then when the person dies, with what is left unsaid, the behaviors after the parent dies are so much more difficult and so much more suffering is involved. And since I knew... I had a history with my dad, my, all of my siblings did, because of what happened to him in his childhood. Mm. So, lucky me, I had dreams about my dad before he died, and he had dreams about himself before he died, and we talked about it. And I knew that his time was coming close, and so 
there was about four months there where I made sure that me and Dad had a lot of conversations because I had a feeling he was going to die. And he wasn't even sick yet. I just had a feeling he was going to go. And and you were both open enough to have those conversations. Right. And then your mother got breast cancer, is that right? Yeah, my mother was struggling with breast cancer at the same time. And my mom and dad had this relationship. It's a rather interesting story. My mom and dad had this relationship. They were married for 35 years, and then they were divorced a lot of because of what happened to my dad in his childhood. And he never fell out of love with her. And he actually, while she had cancer, he found out that she was at the hospital by herself and she wasn't with her husband anymore. And that's a whole other story. But he went out to go to the tailor to buy himself a suit to go meet her in. And he fell while trying on the suit. And he broke his uh, a part of his tailbone, and he ended up going into the hospital, and he never made it out. And that is the anxiety from being in a hospital and many other fears that he had with hospitals and death is, is really what killed him. So you had two parents who, your father died kind of unexpectedly, and then your mother died. Did it surprise you at anything about your grief? Yes. There was a lot that surprised me about my grief. My dad, I felt like I had gotten to peace with him. I felt like he and I, you know, we said our I love yous and our, we said I'm sorry. And he said, you know, he was sorry for the way that he behaved. And he really wanted me to know that he loved me a lot. And I told him I loved him a lot, too. So when he died... You know, it was like the chapter of the book got closed. So I believe that our parents are here to teach us great lessons. And I felt like my lesson with my father was about compassion and forgiveness for what happened to him as a child. So when he died, because of the work that I'd done, I felt like I closed that chapter. That was my relationship with my dad. When mom died, it felt so different. It was so incredibly different and mom died fully of uh, breast cancer and she did not want to leave this earth in any way shape or form nor did she want anything to do with hospice so with her I really what helped me the most is that I really stayed in the present moment and didn't go into the future about when she was going to die and what that was going to look like and then when she died my grief was very difficult because I missed the the relationships that we have with our mothers where you're more like girlfriends. Mm-hmm. And to this day, like even to this day, this moment right now, I still struggle with that quite a bit because I miss her a lot. And how long has it been? Three years. Three years. And I could, I didn't, if I don't take a couple of deep breaths, I could easily tear up. We used to go to Disney movies together. We had so much fun. I was the... I have, my sister was the main caregiver, you know, where she took care of all the medical stuff, and I got to play. And that's kind of how our relationship was our whole life. It's what hard I, when you, I mean, you've never known your life without your mother. You know, we said this on past shows, and you've only been on this earth without her for three years. That's not a very long time when you've had her as long as you had her. Right. And you know what I, I, I find is, is that when people come to see me with loss of a parent, it's like we have this big, gaping hole in our solar plexus. 
right? And it's like what we're wanting to do is fill that hole. And there's the only thing you can, you have to walk through your grief. We all know that. You know, you can't walk around it. But you feel like what it's felt like for me is I'm walking around this earth with this big gaping hole because my mother's gone. Mm-hmm. And the way that I nurture it is through only hanging around with people that love me and can understand it and my other girlfriends that have lost their parents. That's where I feel the safest with it because unless you've lost your mom, it's very, very difficult to explain it to another human being. And so, Nina, is that one of the major ways that you've healed and found hope is to surround yourself with others that have been where you are? Yes, most definitely. Um, I have, it's, it's interesting to be at my age, I'm 54 years old, and when I'm around people that have both their parents still, it, it blows my mind because mine are gone. And there's no, there's no, I don't want to say there's jealousy in it, but there's, you know how lucky you are. You, you have both your parents, you know, and I want to go off on this dissertation with them to tell them, you know, it's really important for you to have these great conversations with your parents and telling them how much you love them because they could be gone so quickly. And then the other side to that is when I get really sad because I miss my mom and dad so much that I literally will schedule time or be with people that have lost their parents because it's, it's a safe haven for me. It's a safe place for me to be when I'm really sad. Now, Nina, I know that you do body work, too, and I know you're a Reiki master, and I have some background in Reiki also, and I wanted to talk to you about what are some of the physical things that people can do when they're in grief? Ah, uh, well, my main, what I call homework for my, my clients that I work with is I, I have them go out into nature. I have them walk in nature. I have them ride their bicycles in nature. I have them sit in nature. That, to me, is probably the greatest healing that we can get is to get into that peace with nature because we can feel our loved ones in that nature, Gloria. I, I just feel like, for me, I, I, when my mother passed away, there was a lot that happened in my life. I was also a bereavement coordinator for a hospice agency, and I got laid off my job. Um, I had a husband that went back to his own country, so I lost him, and my dog passed away as well. It was a lot. And I left and moved out of my home and rented it out and lived on the beach for about 18 months. I found a little apartment, and I and the beach, I'm going to tell you right now, that being with the ocean, it was my greatest lover. It could heal me. It, it listened to me. It was there for me. It didn't talk back to me. It didn't criticize me. It was just this enveloping of the ocean, which to me is an enveloping of of God and letting God come into your life and help you. I know Heidi lives in a city, and I know a lot of our listeners do, and one of the things you do is going to Central Park, right, Heidi? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, anything that, I mean, I love the ocean, but we, I don't have an ocean here. I do have the Hudson River, but, you know, going into nature, like you're talking about, um, going, getting, going back to nature is so important, I think. And it does change my energy, and I live only a block from the park, so I, you know, that's where my office is, so I go over there, I try to go over there every day. And I can certainly understand why going into the, going to the ocean and living for 18 months 
And mom, I think about all the times you walk along the ocean in Carmel, being in that environment, I can see why that was really healing. And the other thing I do is go golfing, of all things. Golfing gets you out into nature, and it's also single-point focus. And skiing, those kind of sports where you have to concentrate can really put you into a concentration, almost a meditative state. But meditation, of course, is good. And I know you have a little meditation in your book. Um, do you want to tell us what it is? It's a really quick meditation. I, I thought it might be good for our audience to hear. Do you want to take us through it? Yes, I will. All right, so... Breathing brings us into the present moment. And one of the things is when you're breathing in and breathing out to a count. So if, and I always tell people to breathe in through the nose and out through the nose because you get a deeper breath. It's always really incredible to me when I tell people to take a deep breath, I get a, and that's it. So you'll be able to hear this through the radio, but it's, it's, it's just coming from the chest, not the belly. And it's very shallow. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> So you close your eyes and you breathe in slowly to a count of four through the nose. So it's one, two, three, four. And then out through the nose, one, two, three, four. And as you start doing this breathing, you picture yourself maybe sitting on the beach. And when you think of the ocean, when the ocean pulled off the shore, that's your in-breath. And when the ocean comes up onto the shore and you see it creeping, that's your out-breath. So you get a rhythm and your body starts to just breathe like that and you stay in that breath. And you can even imagine the ocean coming in and coming out. And then I ask people to really bring the ocean into their body, like feel it. Feel the cool salt water. Feel this and hear the sound. So you're bringing in all the senses. Maybe even the seagulls off in the distance. You bring in the totality of the experience of the ocean with the breath. And lay down or sit in a chair and really make a little promise to yourself that you're going to do your best. And even imagining your toes in the sand, you know? I love it. And that can be a meditation. I just did it. I, I like that in and out. Didn't you, Heidi, the ocean going in and out? I really like it. And I, I could definitely feel it as she, as Nina was walking us through this. Now, Nina, is there something we can do with our hands to calm ourselves? Oh, that's interesting. With hands. Well, in, in yoga, we have a um, the very, it's called mountain pose. And we do this thing with the hands. It's called samastitihi where you really, you're just letting your hands rest. That may be hard for people, but in that regard, do you wring your hands, Gloria, or is there something that you do with your hands that you can explain to me? Sure. I, I ball them up in little knots when I'm stressed. I do all sorts of things with them. Okay. So part of that, part of that is um, opening up to the process. So if we want to take the metaphor with it and say opening up to the process, and in yoga, when you're standing in mountain pose, you're just standing upright with your palms open. It's called samastitihi. And for myself, I find that when I can walk with my palms open, when I'm out in nature or just stand there, you're opening yourself up to receive. I love it. Because the palms are open. Okay, so that's the main, main part of having your hands open. I understand what you're saying now. For a minute there, you lost me, but now I get it. 
part of the relaxation is being able to open up to receive. Oh, I love that open hand. Anything that keeps you in the present moment. Thank you for these tips and ideas and for your book, Nina. It's a great book. Tell people how they can get it and how they can get in touch with you. Okay, so my book is on Amazon.com under Dearly Departed. It's also on Kindle. My website is tutoring for the spirit at gmail.com. It's just like it sounds. No numbers. And I am also on Facebook at HeartSight, H-E-A-R-T-S-I-G-H-T. Yes, pretty much if you Google my name, it'll all come up, and I'm on radio on theawakeningzone.com, and that is also on my website, and that's through Blog Talk Radio. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today, and uh, keep up the good work. I know you're helping a lot of people out there. Thank you. Thank you, Gloria. Thank you, Heidi. Thanks, Nina. Well, Heidi, um, it's so interesting to me always to hear healers like Nina talk about their own passion and their own losses because the, what they say is the wounded people always become the healers because they know where to go and where it's at and they, they've had the experience. So we so appreciate people like Nina that are willing to come on the show and talk about their own experience. Absolutely, and I love that she gave us some things that we could do right now with the meditation and the visualization, I mean, that was really helpful, I think. That even shifted my energy here on the show. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try that ocean going in and out because, you know, I do go to the ocean. And I'm also making a commitment to myself right now that I'm going to start walking without holding my cell phone in my hand or, you know, I'm going to let my hands relax when I walk. Mm -hmm. And keep them open. Yep. And keep try to keep myself open. And thank you all for listening to the show today. And God bless. You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio, hosted by Drs. Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com, along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.